Welcome to Real Black Down to the Form Podcast. This is Big VJ checking in. Today's conversation, we're going to talk about Carrie Davis and Dan Calloway's African Americans ain't African hashtag, right? We're going to actually um, have a good conversation about that. We're going to bring out the history books. We're going to look at a few maps, right? And again, today's conversation is going to be about Carrie Davis and Dan Calloway's African Americans ain't African ideology, right? So, again, that's going to be today's conversation. If you're not familiar, though, who Kerry Davis is or who Dan Calloway is, these two gentlemen have YouTube channels, right? So, you know, I would strongly encourage you to go to their channel, subscribe, hit the like button, right? Comment, share. <laughs> it's all good, right? We just disagree as far as ideology is concerned. You know, that's no different than a Hebrew Israelite or, you know, a Jehovah Witness or, you know, someone saying that these, you know, the new thing now was being a black Indian. It's just the ideology difference. And that's all. So we're going to talk a little about history, see if we can clear some things up, because in my estimate, though, it's like a new thing where men or I should say black Americans in particular, right? It's all about connection. It's like a nationality connection. And it seems like our brothers feel like if we can get onto the right connection, we'll be okay. Not principle now. We're not chasing principle. Because principle is universal. You know, if you got a good principle, it's gonna be a good principle no matter where you're at, where you live, where you stay, what country, what nation, it doesn't matter, right? If you live on principle. What it looked like our man is doing is trying to find a connection. Saying we're in this condition, and if we get connected to being a Hebrew Israelite, we'll get out this condition. If we get connected to the nation of Islam, we'll get out this condition. If we get connected to a black Indian, we'll get out this condition. And the reason we're in this condition is we don't have the connection with these nationalities or these ideologies. But once we get this connection, we'll be out this condition. What they soon see, though, is that if you don't get connected to firm principles, it don't matter what ideology you have. You know, you're going to be in the same place anyway. It doesn't matter. If you look at the uh, meme, though, in front that we have on the screen right now, this is what I call a lookership. If you do any kind of research, though, on African-Americans and African or indigenous blacks, you'll notice that 90 percent of the communication material is a meme. It's what I call a lookership is what they, you know, they like paste two different pictures together and expect you to figure out. Or marry the two and say, okay, one is the other one. You know, it's a lot of lookership going on when you're dealing with these guys, right? But we're going to bring out the history book today, right? On this particular meme here, right? And again, I was already telling you guys lookership. When you look these guys up, it's a lot of lookership. You can see in the center of the meme is um, Democrat leader and Reverend Jesse Jackson, right? And then it says, this ninja made you African-Americans. And then on the right side, I have a list of individuals who's kind of like um, really pushing and marketing this African-Americans and African ideology, right? You see uh, Kerry Davis at the top. He's like in the center of a lot of this activity, right? Kerry Davis, he's back in the day. And then you have 1000 Go Ahead and you have Dan Calloway. And it's another brother named um, Cure Mio. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, though. A.B. the legend. And then last but not least, as far as memes is concerned, because when I say, 
You see a lot of these memes. You see a lot of these memes. And then they tag them right there, put their name on it. Indigenous Jojo and Indigenous Betty B. And then you see uh, Indigenous Kelly Joe, uh, Indigenous uh, Melly Mel. Like, <laughs> it's a lot of that. You know what I'm saying? Aboriginal Milwaukee. Like, <laughs> you see a lot of that. Johnny Aborigine, though, man, I see a lot of his memes with his name tagged onto the meme. So, right, these guys are really making a big push. We're going to have a good conversation about them all, though, right? Now, what is a foundation, right? What is the African Americans ain't African ideology? Like, what does it entail? Like, what did it come from? Like, what does it mean, right? So, it's an ideology that states that black people were already here in the United States. We are indigenous to the United States, right? We didn't come from anywhere. So this means that there were no such thing as the African slave trade. It never happened. The British never brought any of us over. The Dutch never brought any of us over or the Portuguese or the Spaniards. It never happened. The slave trade happened between North America and South America. This is all information according to the African-Americans and African hashtag. This is what they say. Nobody never came from Africa. In fact, if you think you came from Africa, where's the boats? Right? <laughs> where's the boats at? Like, where are all the boats at? Where did they get all the lumber at? I've seen Kerry uh, Davis and Dan Calloway. Kerry uh, Davis especially said, well, where did they get all the boats from? Now, he didn't question where they get the boats from. When we talk about United States population, there's maybe like, I don't know, 200 million Europeans here. He didn't question where they got all the lumber and the boats when they came over. But when it's time for Africans to come over, he's saying, well, where did they get all the boats from? Where's the manifest at? Where's this? Where's that at? If you as a black man in America don't know what boat you came off of, don't worry about it. Because your co-worker, right, your neighbor, that's a so-called white American, he don't know what boat he came off either. It is what it is, all right? It also means that... um. Grandmama said she was Indian, so I'm Indian. You hear a lot of that, right? These brothers say, yeah, man. Grandmama said she was Indian, right? And if you look in our archives at Real Black Consciousness Forum Podcast, we bring out some information that sharing with the brothers that, see, when we talk about the plantation, we wasn't the only person on that plantation as far as ethnicity is concerned. There were Pakistanis on this um, plantation, and there were also East Indians on this plantation as well. In fact... If you do your research, every time you see a British colony, I don't care if it's in South America or North America or South Africa, you're going to notice that the British have always had East Indians and Africans on their plantation in their colonies. Right. So you can actually go to the archive and take a look at that. So that brings a different dynamic to the table. So when we say grandmama says she was Indian, you have to ask, well, what Indian was she? Was she Cherokee? Or was she East Indian? Like, what kind of Indian was she? Because a lot of our grandmama said she was Indian. She didn't give a trap. She didn't say Lakota. She didn't say um, she was a Creek. She didn't say she was Cherokee. She just said she was Indian. So that brings a different dynamic to the table. Now, let's take a look at what Big Mama actually told us, though, right? Because Big Mama told us a lot of things. <laughs> See how... Our Aboriginal brothers, we hang out with the one thing Grandmama said she was Indian. But what does the Big Mama say, right? Big Mama said that if uh, if your palm was itching, right? I don't, I can't remember if it's the left palm or the right palm. But if your palm is itching, what does that mean? 
Big Mama said, you got some got some money on the way, right? <laughs> Big Mama said that um, if the sun was out and it rained and it thundered all at the same time, that just simply mean that the devil was beating on his wife, right? Big Mama said, don't put your purse on the ground because that's going to make you broke. Big Mama said that um, if you're in a relationship, right? Don't buy your significant other shoes because what? They'll walk out of your life, right? And last but not least, right? Big Mama said that uh, if you go to sleep and you dream about fishes. <laughs> this is our Southern Big Mamas. We love them, right? But Big Mama said if you go to sleep and you dream about fishes, that means that somebody in the family is going to be pregnant, right? So out of all the things that Big Mama told us in the South, and we love Big Mama, for some reason or another, these brothers want to hold dear to Big Mama said she was Indian, therefore I'm Indian, right? So we're going to address that as well. They also believe that the term African really means people of color. It don't really mean you came from Africa. That's the uh, Curamero guy, right? I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right, but his name was uh, Camero, Curamero, right? He makes a lot of videos and... See, these guys never use any sources, right? They don't use any sources. So Dan Calloway has a tactic in which he um, he says, well, he's going to give you the answer in his next video. Then you watch that. Then when you're watching that next video, he says, yeah, stay tuned to my next video. And then after that, he says, stay tuned to my next video. And then after that, guess what he says? You guessed it. Stay tuned to my next video. So. His information is always going to be in his next video. Kerry Davis, now, he doesn't even do that. He doesn't talk with any sources. You ask him a question, he answers in the question, right? That's his technique of how he displays his information about how African-American and African, right? That's his Kerry Davis. Well, Kira Miro, he does something a little different. He has a lot of information. He reads a lot of books. You look at his channel, he has a lot of books. A lot of literature he bring up. He has a different technique that he uses, though. What he does is that he reads a source and then he interprets what the source is saying. So what's written, you really can't follow by that because you're not smart enough to follow what's written. So an example is if you watch any of his content, you will notice that when he's using a source now, if the term says, if the source says, well, 15 Africans came over here, say, oh, there goes the hijack, right? They're not really Africans. These people are people of color. They really didn't come from Africa. They came from the Caribbean. They came like, so in that instance, brother, you're not using the source now. You can't use a source to validate your information. And then midway through your conversation, you point out how the source is inaccurate about locations. How do you use That doesn't even make sense. But see, these are tactics that these guys use. This is all in the African-Americans ain't African hashtag. Then you see um, all pale or light-skinned Indians are what? They're fake Indians. They're $5 Indians, right? If you're brown-skinned, you're light-skinned, or you're pale, you're a fake Indian. Um, even though we know that this Dawes Commission, it didn't take effect until 1893. And we're going to pull out some documents that there was individuals that was Indians, straight black hair, copper color, high cheekbones, way before 1893. Nevertheless, though, if you have a light skin tone, 
you're a fake Indian because the real Indian is the black Indian, right? So this is what the ideology entails of the African-Americans and the African hashtag, right? This is the ideology, right? And last but not least, the black Indians, we forgot that we were Indians. We was here for 50,000 years now, but we forgot that we were Indians. And how did we forget that we were Indians? Well, we was reclassified. Reclassification made us forget that we were Indians. Not only reclassification now, public school, and there was a wicked doctor. His name was William Plecker. And with these three things working together, we somehow forgot 50,000 years worth of history because of public school, reclassification, and Dr. William Plecker. This is what they want us to believe. Even though we know the good doctor, right? William Plecker, he didn't do what he did until like 1924, which in essence means that black people were Indians in the territory that we call the United States for 50,000 years. And in the last 125 years, we forgot every single person. Nobody remembers anything. Big Mama remember. But outside of Big Mama, we forgot everything. We don't know how to do any ceremonial dances. Right. We don't know who we don't have our own religion anymore. We forgot that. Uh, we don't know what's the sacred lakes or sacred rivers in this land. We don't have any sacred landmarks. We don't know how to do anything because of reclassification, <laughs> public school, and Dr. William Plecker. So if you're following like the African-Americans and African hashtag, you will see something like this. Right? You will see a meme like this. Because a lot of the information is on memes. No sources, just memes. And it is saying Indian, slave, Negro... Colored, African-American, black. This is what they call being reclassified. And this is how you forgot that you were Indian. This is how you forgot your culture, right? Okay. In real time, we see that the United States government had used a term called Hispanic now, right? Hispanic is what you call the Chicanos, the Puerto Ricans, the Dominicans. If you're from Bolivia, if you're from Colombia, Right, Nicaragua, you are indeed called a Hispanic. Now, we're watching this real time now. Being that the United States government has called these people Hispanic, did this change their culture? Because Mexicans are called Hispanic too. Did they forget their culture? Did it change their culture? Did they forget how to do their ceremonial dances? Did they forget how they perform weddings or what kind of attire that they may wear? Or their celebration tactics or their styles of celebration or how they prepare their food. No. But they want us to believe, they, the want to be indigenous blacks, want us to believe that reclassification made us forget who we are. It don't matter what somebody called you, though, right? Right now, black Americans have a culture of rap, dance, right? We have a tradition from the plantation. We jump the broomstick, whatever the case may be. No matter what another people call us. That's not going to change the way we dress. That's not going to change the way we act. That's not going to change black American culture. It just doesn't happen. But some people want you to believe what they want you to believe, right? Let's go to the next slide. When you do your research, right? And this is where me and the indigenous brothers, we differ at. Central America, South America, and the islands is where you will find black indigenous people. Historically, we got the documents. We're going to show the proof. There were no indigenous blacks in what we call the territory of the United States. In fact, starting from the north, coming all the way south, 
You see the Eskimos. You see the territory in which you call the United States, where they have the uh, traditional Indian, straight black hair, copper color, high cheekbones, live all throughout the territory that we call the United States. The Mexican has always been in Mexico for the last 13,000 years. And then when you get to Central America, South America, and the islands, there was indeed black people. And I can prove that's where we were at. We were not in North America. Now, some of our brothers will say, well, look, if we was in Central America, South America, and the islands, that means by default we was in North America. No, it doesn't mean that. That means that the red men occupied that territory you call the United States. In Mexico, the brown men occupied that area. Now, historically now, when I have conversations, right, and we on the podcast, being that I'm a black American from Michigan, I say black and brown this, black and brown that. This is just how I use the verbiage because I'm wanting a good impact. I'm hoping for the best, right? In Detroit, we have a good relationship with Hispanic brothers because we're the majority. But if you notice, though, New York City... Not so much. Chicago, not so much. L.A., not so much. In fact, there's a group of guys running around in New York City, you know, black brothers that call themselves bloods now. The reason why they came into this blood gang culture is because when they went to the prison in New York City called Rockers Island, the Hispanics were cutting them and stabbing them so much that they had to join together and become one gang. This is the blacks I'm talking about now, right? Chicago, the Latin Kings, our people have issues with them. Same thing when you get to Los Angeles and East LA. It's just what it is. I say all that to say this, right? Because I'm not trying to say that us as black people are innocent. And we can't provoke certain behaviors out of certain people. I'm not saying that we're innocent. But what I am saying is that historically that was the same way. The world has always been racist. So even though you have brothers in Central America, South America, and the islands, that doesn't mean that they was free to just to roam around North America like that. It's just not so. In fact, you have five or six Barack Obamas in the United States, right? Black men being president. Then you would have a black man being president of Mexico. It just won't happen. Historically now, right? Historically, brown people have been more racist to black people than white people. It's just a fact. It's just it's unfortunate. It's a fact. Right? But that's a different story for a different day. When Abraham Lincoln was president, right? When he wanted to free the slaves, he wanted to free the slaves to not live in the territory they call the United States. He wanted to send us out of the country, right? He wanted to send us to Central America, South America, and the islands in Africa. Why these locations, though? Why not Canada? Why not Britain? Why not Germany? Why not Russia? Why did the president, Abraham Lincoln, want to send us as black people after being freed from slavery to Central America, South America, the islands, and Africa? Because that's where black people were already from. That's where black people were already at. We were never in the territory called the United States. We just wasn't there. Maybe small pockets in Florida, small pockets in California, but in the mainland, not so. And in fact, the black man and woman was the last race of people to enter the territory that we call the United States. Everybody else was already there. See, I want to be black indigenous brothers. They never talk about the Mexican family. They tell everybody that nobody came from Africa, this, that, and the third, but they never talk about 
Well, hey, man, there's over 200 million Mexicans in this area. Where did they come from? They were already here. We, as black people, was the last people here. Um, when you talk about the city of Detroit or Chicago or Philadelphia or wherever we located at in the inner cities, we don't know the land like Mexicans know the land. And then I'm going to give you an example. Mexicans have the wherewithal, right? Mexicans have the wherewithal to be able to dig tunnels from Mexico that are past the border of the United States and it can run to different cities and territories. Underground tunnels now. They're able to do that because they know the land. We're not able to do that. We don't know the land that way. Right. In fact, we don't have a real connection with this territory we call the United States. It's just a fact. Um, nothing is sacred to us. No land, no waters, no rivers, no mountains, no nothing. They can tear down the whole neighborhood, building up more Walmarts and more interstates. It won't bother us. We're just not connected to the land, right? But I'm going to show you through documents that we were originally placed in Central America, South America, and the islands. And just because you see black people in this area, that doesn't mean we came from Africa. This is why I lose my Afrocentric brothers. You can't make everybody that's black in the Western Hemisphere from Africa. They're indigenous blacks to this land over here. When I say over here, I mean Central America, South America, and the islands. Um, you can't sell me the idea without some type of scholarship, right? And I mean my Afrocentric brothers that West Africans were smart enough and had the technology enough to travel from West Africa to Central America, South America, and the islands and make a home for themselves. But they somehow was smart enough to get to the territory that we call Central America, South America, and the islands with that technology to build that ship, but somehow they forgot it and they was not able to return back home or build other ships of that magnitude. It just doesn't make sense, right? Let's go to the next slide. I'm going to talk about two main terms, though, in this course of this video, right? Indian and Negro, which means black. The foundation that's going to be my first source is going to be geography of the productive system. This is Roswell Smith, 1800 version, right? The definition of a Native American and a Negro can be found here. And a Native American is that the American Indian or race found only in America with deep copper color, straight black hair, high cheekbones. Eyes black, robust bodies. That's an Indian. Copper color, straight black hair, high cheekbones. The Negro, the definition is African or Negro. They have jet black skin, low narrow foreheads, black woolly hair, thick lips, long heels. They haven't changed much today. Now, I'm going to ask the family a question now, right? If I said that... um. I went into the bar and two midgets was there. What's going to pop up in your head when I say a midget? If I went, if I said I went into the bar, two giants was there. Two giant brothers, man. There's some giants in there. What's going to pop in your head then? See, we're using the colonizer's language. We're using the colonizer's tongue, right? We're using his language. We're using his tongue. He wrote definitions and characteristics physically now of people. His physical characteristic of an Indian 
from the early 1800s and before that was a person with copper color, straight black hair, high cheekbones. His definition of a Negro now, black skin, woolly hair, thick lips. How can a black man in America identify himself as an Indian and he don't fit the descriptions that was written by the colonizer who tongue we use? It doesn't even make sense. That's like I can't call myself and I'm six foot. I can't call myself a midget. Because I look, I look, I did some research. We the read original midgets. Like, no, bro, it doesn't work that way. We're not reinventing definitions here. We're just using the definitions that's already here. We're speaking, we all clear that we use the colonizer's language. We're not making up no new definitions here. So I can't play that game with black men that run around and say they're Indians and it's already documented. Well over 200 years what an Indian is, right? When the Portuguese entered the New World, right? Central America, South America, and the islands, and they were doing the exploring. They came across two different types of people, right? When they seen black people, they used a term. It was called Negro de Terra. I want you guys to look it up. Negro de Terra. That means the blacks of the land. The indigenous people that was already there when they got there. Now, what do I mean when I say there again? The Portuguese came to Central America, South America, and the islands. When they traveled to what we call United States territory, North America, they never called those people there. Nobody from Mississippi, Florida, Carolinas. They never called them Negro de Terra. They, it just never happened. This term is only used in Central America, South America, and the islands. Why? Because black people was already there. But there's another term that they also use, right? The Portuguese used the term Gentil do Cabello. That means the straight hair heathen. See, that was the identifying factor in the Western Hemisphere. It was the hair. It wasn't so much of the skin tone because we are all copper colored, right? We all got this brown mahogany skin tone. It can become jet black and become light. We're all copper colored people at the end of the day. The difference between the Negro and the Indian was the hair, though. Straight black hair was the factor, right? And we're going to notice that when explorers come in contact with the Indians, that's how they knew they were Indian. It was the straight black hair. Not necessarily the features. They had the big nose like us. A lot of them, they had the uh, skin tone like us. But genetically now, black people, genetically, we don't produce straight hair people in the Western Hemisphere. We just don't do it. It doesn't happen. When you look at Central America, South America, and the islands, right? This is another source I want to use. This is a mural that's painted on the wall in Central America. This is how the people seen themselves. Black skin, right? You got to consider this, that the painter seeing himself as a black person. We drew ourselves on the wall as black people. But what I want to um, direct your attention to, though, is the hair. In Central America, this black civilization of people always drew their hair, showing that their hair had locks in them. Straight hair people do not put their hair in locks. This is what coarse and kinky hair and nappy hair people do when they let their hair grow out. 
they grow it in locks. The indigenous blacks in Central America always painted themselves like this, right? Let me show you another photo. This is another source also out of Central America, right? This is on a wall. They're still there. They're not going anywhere. Not the skin tone because we all, we got it understood that we're all copper color. We all brown skin, dark skin people. We got that. I want to again, with this source, draw your attention to the hair. Now, the painter now of this mural was so intelligent that when he drew the hair, he drew individual braids. Individual braids. Now, that takes the skill set. Now, I don't know how many of you guys from the hood that's listening to this. Everybody just can't do braids. Everybody can't do. That takes a skill set for someone to put braids in your hair. And each individual braid, your hair have to be a certain type of texture to do that. It's clear that our people, of course, was in Central America, South America, and the islands. Now, here's the thing about that, though. We don't have any painters like this in Idaho. We don't got no painters like this in Illinois. We don't have no paintings on the side of the walls and the mountains in New York. It's just, it's not there, bro. They got mountains in North Carolina. There's no mountains in North Carolina, though. None of the Carolinas, nowhere. They have paintings of black people on the side of the wall. They have mounds in Ohio. We're not on the outside of those mounds. We're not on the inside of those mounds either. So when we're talking about indigenous blacks, we're only in Central America, South America, and the islands. This is the source I'm using. You can research it yourself. This is off the walls in the Mayans, right? Let me show you another slide. This is a powerful source here. This is our sister Lucy, right? Black woman. Indigenous. They trace the bones back. It go, I don't know how many thousands of years back then, right? But where did they find these bones at? They didn't find these in California or Washington or Canada. This didn't happen. They didn't find these bones in Montana family. This sister bones go back to where? Brazil. But where is Brazil? Brazil is where the rest of the indigenous blacks are from. Central America, South America, and the islands. We have always been there. Listen, when you look at continents, though, as a whole, all continents is not one thing. Typically, how it works is that the darker people at the south, the lighter people in the north. Even Like even Africa, right? Africa is black. Yeah, sub-Saharan Africa is black. North Africa, those people are not black people. But they live on the same continent. Same thing with India. The, the um, Driveting people, they live in the south. In the north, the Aryan. That's where Hitler stole that name from, from the Indian people. They're not just, they, they live in the same landmass, the same country, but they're different shades of people. It's, you look all around the world, it's going to be like that. You go to Asia, South Asians are dark people. Then when you go up north, they're different, different pigmentation, they're more lighter. The Americas was no different, man. Our people, the darker people, Central America, South America, and the islands, when you got up, they was a little lighter than when we were. They're different. Different skin tone. Different hair texture. Even when the skin tone was similar, though, the hair texture was a defining mark. Also, when European explorers now as a whole, 
when the early European explorers came to the New World, all of them came in contact with indigenous black people. But where? Central America, South America, and the islands. I don't care if it was Vasco, John Cabo, Lopez, Christopher Columbus. In fact, Christopher Columbus, right? 1492, when Christopher Columbus came into the New World, it's just important that I say this because a lot of my indigenous brothers, they lose me on this. Christopher Columbus never came to the territory that we call the United States. That's like Hollywood when they say, well, Christopher Columbus, he founded America. Yeah, like, but what part of America? He didn't find like, the territory that we call the United States. He made four expeditions. He never set foot on what we call the United States. It just never happened. So this whole, you know, this whole Hollywood thing, like they got the Christopher Columbus and then they kind of marry him up with like some pilgrims and no, nah, that never happened. That's Hollywood. That just never happened. It just never happened. Christopher Columbus came in contact with black people in Central America, South America, and the islands. In fact, he took our people back as slaves and a painting was drawn and it's on the church, right? In Europe. And when you take a close look at the painting, the so-called slave that he brought back with him. It looked like my uncle and your uncle. They were black people with afros. And that photo was clear as day, right? I wish I had it to show you guys. I should have made that one of my sources. But Christopher Columbus came in contact with black people. In fact, his son, Fernandez, also identified that when they went to Honduras, those people is black as well, right? Shout out to Dr. Sabi. So the term that was used, though, right, to describe these people were Garifuni people. Garifuni is a fancy term for black people. If you do the research and you notice, Garifuni is the fancy term for black people. And they wasn't in one location. They were in all the Caribbean islands, period. Garifuni was in all the Caribbean islands and they were in Central America as well. All right. So just do your research on that. But again, Central America, South America, and the islands. There were no indigenous blacks in the territory that we call United States or Canada. That's just a fact, right? That's just a fact. I want to point out another source to you guys, right? And uh, I think this is very important. The name of the book is called Maya Conquistador by Matthew Restall, right? And... um. And I just want to, you know, of course, lead your attention to this. It's a little blurry for some reason, right? I wonder, can you guys see it? Hold on, let me see if I can make it a little bit more clear. Just give me a second. Okay, how about now, family? Okay, how about now? Because I'm trying to get the picture to be a little bit more clear. So you can see it. Let me see. Can I blow it up? Give me just a second. Wait a minute. Let me see something. Okay, what about now? All right, Maya Conquistadors, right? Because this is a good source. I wanted, I want you guys to check this out. On page 119, the first paragraph, it says that in 1547 was a year when a boatload of black people was shipwrecked at Ecab, and the Spaniards went to capture them. They waged war upon the blacks at Ecab and brought out those black people tied together. The year 1548, the Hermit Padre, uh, I don't need all that. The part I want to show you, uh, the part I want to bring your attention to is that, again, 1547 was a year when the boatload of black people was shipwrecked at Ecab and the Spaniards went to capture them. They waged war upon the blacks at Ecab and brought up those black people tied together. 
The point I want to show you right here in 1547 is that the Spaniards and the blacks waged war in ECAB. But what kind of blacks were these? They're not African. They indigenous black to that area, right? Let me show you another slide. Now, since we're talking about the area of ECAM, first I got to identify the spelling for you, though, right? ECAB is spelled E-C-A-B or E-K-A-B, right? ECAB means the black land. That's what it actually means. It kind of puts you in the mind of Kemet, which means the land of the blacks, or uh, Sudan, which means the land of the blacks, or Congo, which means the land. There's a lot of areas where black people at is always named the land of the blacks. It's kind of like a 50-year timeline I'm going to give you, though, right? Because the blacks of the uh, E-Camp first came in contact with the Spanish around 1500 to 1512, right? It was a Spanish ship. You know, it crashed and the blacks at E-Camp, they took those that was alive and they did two things with them. The ones that was real rebellious were killed. The other ones that was more submissive was enslaved, right? Between 1527 and 1547, though, there were three attempts to conquer this area. Out of those three attempts, the Spanish was easily defeated in two of them. It wasn't even close. The black army at Ecamp wiped them out. It wasn't even close. But during these conflicts between the blacks at Ecamp and the Spaniards, what happened was the blacks began to get smallpox and they began to kill them off. And this smallpox now, being that the area didn't have the immunization to fight it, it weakened the army that they did have. So now that decimated the population and then the Spaniards came back the third time and then just took over the land, right? So that final conquest is going to be around 1542 and 1547. See, that's why I read you that source for Maya Kakisador. When you see that that boat had shipwrecked with the blacks from E-Camp and then it said the Spaniards jumped on and then they took everybody hostage and enslaved, that's why that happened like that. Because there was an ongoing battle that lasted almost 50 years with the Spaniards trying to conquer the people in this region, right? Now, why is this important? When we think about the Mayan civilization and we see our people on the wall, we got this image that this happened thousands of years ago. There was no trace of our people. The brown indigenous people had ran us off by this time, which eventually did happen. It was the Spaniards that was able to conquer the black indigenous people in Central America. It was the Spaniards, and it wasn't that long ago. This was in the 16th century all this happened. We still was riding in that area up until then, right? When you do the research, when you're talking about black indigenous people in the Western Hemisphere, you're going to notice that we're going to be found within this circle, and in this circle is Central America, South America, and the islands family. We were not in that territory called the United States. This is where I disagree with the Kerry Davises of the world, right? The Dan Callaways of the world. We were not already in this territory called the United States. 
So what does this all mean in totality, right? Being that there were no indigenous blacks, with the exception of Central America, South America, and the islands, in terms of America as a whole, that means if you are a black Indian in the territory what we call United States, like you represent the Creeks, or Lakota, or the Cherokee, that means that there's a word in which you are called by the indigenous red man. And that term is called Estilusta, which means you're just a black African person. And the reason why you are grafted into these North American Indian tribes is because your family member was owned by Indians. You intermarried into the Indians or your family member wrote their name on the Dawes roll and you was able to make it in with Native American citizenship. Unfortunately, brothers and sisters, you're not indigenous. And there's no such thing as the all-black North American Indian tribe. I'm going to close out the video here, right? And then I'm going to break this up into two parts. And the second part where I break down the North American Indian tribes, I'm going to put that on the part two, right? So... Again, thank you guys so much for hanging out. This is Real Black Content Forum Podcast. This is Big VJ, man. I get it with you guys later. Peace.